Good morning, concert chaos. Heartbreaking new images from that deadly stampede at a music festival in Houston. A woman rushing the stage amid the crushing surge, begging a crew member to stop the show. This morning, what we're learning about the victims, the youngest, just 14 years old, the lawsuits already being filed, and the latest on the criminal investigation. Breaking overnight, open for business, long lines of cars at the southern border as the U.S. lift travels restrictions on fully vaccinated people, clearing the way for reunions nearly two years in the making. Video calling has been really lovely to keep in contact, but it's not the same as seeing each other physically. Just ahead, an inside look at the changes in crowds expected at airports as well all across the country. Clash in the courts. The Biden administration, quote, prepared to defend its strict COVID vaccine rules on larger private businesses amid mounting lawsuits and a temporary block of the mandate by a federal appeals court. A live report from the White House straight ahead. NFL firestorm Aaron Rodgers facing new criticism in the wake of his positive COVID test and forced to defend that misleading answer about his vaccination status. My plan status. was to say that I've been immunized. Um, it wasn't uh, some sort of ruse or lie. It was the truth. What he's saying now and where the league's investigation stands as the Packers take the field without their star. All that plus skimpflation from longer waits to fewer options, the frustrating trend that has millions of Americans paying more and getting less. And welcome back the return of an iconic tradition as tens of thousands of runners hit the road for the New York City Marathon today, Monday, November 8th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie, and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today on a Monday morning. Glad to have you with us. This is a big, big week in the nation's journey to get back on track from the worst of the pandemic. Yeah, in it? some ways, it actually yeah. started yesterday with the return of the iconic New York City Marathon. 33,000 mm. runners strong after many cancellations. Much more on that coming up. All right. Uh, another popular event is opening for business this week. The famed Big Apple Circus with a reimagined show led by High Wire star Nick Willenda. We're going to talk to him. And in the meantime, as of today, U.S. borders and airports are reopened to fully vaccinated travelers from dozens of countries. Officials expecting heavy traffic, long waits, and a lot of emotional reunions. NBC's Tom Costello will have the latest on that. But first, let's get to our top story, that tragic scene at a music festival in Houston over the weekend. Eight people were killed, hundreds more injured during a deadly stampede as the rapper Travis Scott performed. And it has quickly led to a criminal investigation and several lawsuits. NBC's Morgan Chesky on the scene for us in Houston with the latest. Morgan, good morning. Yes, Savannah Hoda, it is a somber morning here in Houston where flowers line the fence outside Energy Park for the eight victims in this horrific situation. The youngest just 14 years old. And today we're learning that both Travis Scott and festival organizers are facing multiple lawsuits. This morning, disturbing new details emerging about the devastating events at rapper Travis Scott's show in Houston. A criminal investigation ongoing as those behind Astral World Festival face multiple civil lawsuits. Everyone was pushing to the front. You had no room to walk. With an estimated 50,000 people in attendance, 
Police say a sea of fans rushed towards the stage just minutes into Scott's Friday night performance. You couldn't breathe. I'm talking about everybody was so crushed up on you. The surge killing eight people, all under the age of 30. The youngest, just 14 years old. Video showing desperate fans climbing on stage to beg for help. At another point, as first responders tried to drive through the massive crowd to help, some fans seen dancing on medical vehicles. Witnesses described feeling helpless, watching some fans fall unconscious before being trampled. 25 people were hospitalized, 11 suffering from cardiac arrest. On stage, the rapper pausing his performance multiple times. Oh, oh, we need somebody to help him. Somebody passed out right here. But the show went on for nearly an hour. Scott's girlfriend, Kylie Jenner, who was also at the concert, says they weren't aware of any deaths until after the show. I'm honestly just devastated. and I could never imagine anything like this just happening. Police also investigating disturbing reports of a security guard pricked in the neck with a needle before falling unconscious. Medical staff saving him with a drug use to revive overdose patients. On Sunday, mourners gathering to honor one of the first victims laid to rest. We're grieving, we're in pain. The family of 27-year-old Donish Beg saying he died saving his fiance from being crushed. You go to a concert to have fun, you don't go to a concert to die. And there is another concert of Travis Scott's that's getting increased scrutiny here back in 2017, where police say Scott encouraged fans to rush the stage that resulted in several injuries. Police are clear to say that it does not appear he did so in this Houston situation, uh, but they say this investigation could take weeks, if not longer, as they're analyzing every angle of what took place that night. Savannah? Morgan Chesky in Houston for us. Thank you, Morgan. Now let's move to that significant development overnight for global travel. As of today, U.S. borders are reopened to travelers from nearly three dozen countries as long as they are fully vaccinated. It's a move more than 18 months in the making. NBC's Tom Costello joins us now from Dallas International, where officials are expecting a big arrival push. Hey, Tom, good morning. Yeah, Hoda, good morning to you. So the, we are expecting that big European bank of flights to arrive in the afternoon. Anybody who arrives today has to have jumped through a series of hoops to get here, including Canadians and Mexicans. The bottom line, though, this is a major development as the world continues to rebound from the pandemic. Approach, your speed is 180 or greater. Your tower frequency is 19.1. You have a great day. This morning, the skies are full. International travelers locked out of the U.S. for nearly two years are on their way back to America. So delighted. We've really, really missed the U.S. Among those leaving London early this morning, Nipa Islam with her mom on their way to New Jersey to see her sister Aisha Matthews, who married an American and had a baby during lockdown who they haven't met. I think FaceTime and WhatsApp video calling has been really lovely to keep in contact, but it's not the same as seeing each other physically. British Airways flying them to New York for free as part of a family reunion promotion. This morning, major U.S. and European airlines report packed planes as the U.S. officially reopens to the fully vaccinated. 
To contain COVID, President Trump shut down most flights from China on January 31st, 2020. Then most European visitors were barred on March 11th, 2020. President Biden kept the policy in place until today. Now citizens from 33 countries can travel to the U.S., but most will have to provide proof they're fully vaccinated before departure. And anyone two and older must provide a negative COVID test result taken within three days of departure. And that testing requirement applies to everyone, not just foreign nationals, but also U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents. America's northern and southern borders are also opening today. Traffic already backed up early this morning at entry points to the U.S. in Mexico. While Canadians and Mexicans must also present proof of vaccination, they won't need to provide a negative COVID test. Back in London, Sam McLaughlin admits he misses America terribly. The sounds, the smell, the yellow cabs, the people, the hustle and the bustle. Sam used to travel to New York six times a year. During COVID, he started a blog for Brits who also missed the U.S. And he's already booked a December trip. I think a lot of people are, are sincerely missing America and the travel ban could not have been lifted soon enough. So, Tom, it must be a real process. Someone's got to check the vaccine status, got to check the test results. What is that like? That's up to the airline. So when you are overseas and you book your flight, you have to upload your proof of vaccination, your CDC card, and then you have to upload your proof of a, of a recent PCR, negative PCR test within 72 hours of departure. I did it when I flew recently from Brussels to the United States. This is something that takes a little bit of work, so don't wait till the last minute if you're flying to the U.S. from overseas. Americans also, not just Europeans and, and overseas folks. All right. Tom Costello for us there at Dulles International. Tom, thank you. And out of the battle over vaccine mandates, the Biden administration set to respond today to a legal challenge to its new rules for larger companies after those rules were temporarily suspended by a federal appeals court. NBC Sam Brock in Miami this morning with more on that and also the rollout of vaccines for younger kids hitting full steam this week. Sam, good morning. Savannah, good morning. As for that rollout, this behind me is one of the roughly 1,700 CVS pharmacies across the country where parents can now take their 5 to 11-year-olds for a shot. That is that legal clash, Savannah, is playing out right now. More than two dozen states suing the federal government over a looming corporate vaccine mandate. This morning, the Biden administration is playing defense after an appeals court temporarily blocked its corporate vaccine mandate for large companies Saturday. The White House has until later today to respond. The administration is certainly prepared to defend them. If OSHA can tell people to wear a hard, hard hat on the job, right. to be, be careful on chemicals, it can put in place these simple measures to keep our workers safe. At issue is what the three-judge panel called grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate. Starting in January, the mandate compels companies with 100 or more employees to confirm their workers are vaccinated. Unvaccinated workers must wear masks and submit weekly COVID tests, and companies that don't comply can be fined. It's just one of several legal challenges to the mandate involving dozens of mostly Republican-led states. My name is Brennan Trostler, the owner and operator the owner of, of Ralph's Market, Market a grocery chain with nearly 500 employees in Louisiana and Mississippi, and a plaintiff in one of the lawsuits says he's worried about losing workers and freedoms. It isn't a workplace issue. This is, this is a social issue. We feel that it's an overreach of OSHA to get in between me and the employee. 
A trade group representing truckers already hit hard by driver shortages and coping with a supply chain chokehold warning the vaccine mandate will undoubtedly ensure the trucking industry loses a substantial number of drivers as daily infections are down by more than half in the last two months. And now nearly 30 million kids between 5 and 11 can finally get vaccinated. I want to be free from COVID. I've had it once and never again, never again, never. From children receiving shots at Denver Zoo to pop-up sites at more than a thousand New York City schools to CVS stores nationwide providing kid-sized doses. CVS is scheduled to deliver more than one million vaccines to kids ages 5 to 11 today. So I think you're going to see broad immunity get put into a childhood, child population. CVS does recommend to parents they make an appointment online ahead of time. As for that battle right now over a corporate mandate, there are challenges currently in the 5th, 6th, 8th and 11th circuit courts. Legal experts say if there is a permanent injunction granted in the 5th, it could affect the entire country, forcing the Supreme Court to get involved. Savannah, back to you. All right, Sam, thank you. 7-12, a lot more to get to in Washington. Craig joins the table. Hey, Craig. Hey, Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. President Biden still riding high this morning after his long-stalled trillion-dollar-plus infrastructure bill finally cleared Congress with bipartisan support. But Uphill battles await other key parts of the president's agenda. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell is at the White House for us on this Monday. Kelly O, good morning. Good morning, Craig. A new push for that larger bill begins next week when Congress is back, and it won't be easy. Democrats are on their own to get it done. But this morning, the president can enjoy one clear win in the books with more than 30 Republicans from the House and Senate who voted for his bipartisan infrastructure package. This morning, the White House making plans for that long-awaited ceremony to finally turn the bipartisan infrastructure bill into law. I want people who work so hard to get this done, Democrats and Republicans, to be here when we sign it. Passed by the House late Friday night. The resolution is adopted. The $1.2 trillion package will include $110 billion for roads and bridges, $66 billion for rail, $25 billion for airports, $55 billion for clean drinking water, and more. A once-in-a-generation investment that's going to create millions of jobs, modernize their infrastructure. One agenda victory secured, but another uncertain. Now Democrats must resolve differences over the bigger $1.75 trillion climate and family care bill. Moderates remain concerned about costs. To making sure that this bill is paid for and responsible, uh, given how much good is in there. Progressives want to protect key programs. It includes prescription drug pricing. It includes paid family leave. But Republican leaders say voters' message is they expect the president to govern more from the middle. You know, Joe Biden won uh, a very narrow election by winning swing voters. And um, they're not where the progressive caucus is, I can assure you. And the ma vast majority of Americans are not for this second bill. As the president and first lady walked Rehoboth Beach Sunday, his team claimed confidence. I think this bill is gaining momentum. We're going to get it passed. We're going to get it signed. And most importantly, we're going to get to work for the American people. This week, the president will visit Baltimore to highlight how the bipartisan infrastructure law will help ports. And we know that's been important with all of the supply chain concerns. And the president says the first real world impact of the new spending could be seen in two to three months. Craig? Kelly O'Donnell from the White House. Where's Kelly O? Thank you. Let us get our first check of the oh, weather for the week. Good morning. Good morning.
thing, a ray of sunshine. Your velvety yes. cord thing. It's like Cozy. a weather forecast in its own. Gonna be chilly. I'm just stand here while you just kind of pet me. I like that. Well, uh, we've got some warm weather coming uh, right now. Here's the pattern we're looking at: big dome of high pressure, uh, high temperatures five to twenty-five degrees above average. Calm weather, dry weather for most folks. But toward the latter part of the week, temperatures out west fall again, about five to fifteen degrees. A lot of moisture coming in, and that's going to make its way to the east. But in the meantime, we've got above average temperatures. Look at this. Cleveland today, you're going to be near 70 degrees at 50, with 68. Philadelphia, 7 degrees above average. Chicago, 15 degrees warmer than average at 66. For tomorrow, look at this. Chicago, again, you're flirting with 60 degrees. St. Louis, 68. That's 10 degrees above average. Pittsburgh, 64 degrees down in Charlotte, 77. And over the next several days, you're going to see right into the end of the week, mild conditions. 62 on Friday in Boston. Mid-60s, New York City. Same in Washington, D.C. Pittsburgh looking good. Temperatures cool down in Chicago by Friday, 47 degrees. But you can see generally above average temperatures. And as we look at the rest of the country today, again, fairly quiet, warm and sunny down through the Gulf, into the mid-plains. Blue skies up and down the eastern seaboard, feeling a little cooler out west. Windy conditions making their way into the Pacific Northwest ahead of this storm that will be pushing in over the next several days. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thanks. Uh, just ahead, new fallout for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Amid the quarterback's COVID vaccine controversy, Rodgers dropped by a sponsor. His team losing without its star. We'll have the latest as the league continues that investigation. Plus, have you noticed things aren't quite what they used to be? Companies reducing services as they try to rebound from the pandemic, impacting everything from your vacation to pizza deliveries. Guess what they call it, guys? What's that? Skimflation. Oh, Isn't that catchy? We'll find out if the trend is here to stay. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back with a look at of the place where they make the impossible possible. It's oh. the reimagined Big Apple Circus returns this week, led by famed high wire artist Nick Melinda with a new lineup of acts and performances. And Nick, by the way, he's going to join us live a little later in the morning to tell us all about it. And apparently he'll be doing the interview from a high wire. Oh, okay. Really? So let's buckle up oh and my get God. ready. Well, better that's him than us. Yeah, that's how <laughs> we'll he does be, it. We'll be right here on solid ground. Let's get to your headline 730 Monday morning. Several Ivy League college campuses had to be evacuated yesterday because of bomb threats. Cornell, Columbia and Brown University sent out emergency alerts to students and staff 
They were told to avoid campus until police finished their investigations. No credible threats were found, and a few hours later, the campuses were deemed safe. This all comes just two days after a bomb threat forced evacuations at Yale University. Nashville police are praising a local pastor this morning for stopping a man who pulled out a gun during a Sunday service. Surveillance video shows the 26-year-old suspect with a gun in his hand walking up to the altar. He apparently told everyone to get up and pointed the weapon at the congregation, and that's when the pastor tackled the suspect oh. before he was able to fire that gun. Church members held the suspect on the ground until police arrived. He faces 15, 15 counts of, of felony aggravated assault. Oh. Meanwhile, Green Bay star quarterback Aaron Rodgers is facing new fallout this morning over his bout with COVID and what it revealed about his vaccination status. He's admitted now that he is not vaccinated. So Rodgers missed that Packers game against the Chiefs on Sunday. It was an absence that's been the talk of the NFL and beyond for days now. NBC Stephanie Gosk is here with the very latest. Hey, Steph. Hey, good morning. It certainly has been the talk of the town. You know, when the Packers drafted quarterback Jordan Love last year, many thought he would eventually replace Aaron Rodgers. But on Sunday, Love was forced to start for the team days after Rodgers tested positive for COVID. The team lost, and Rodgers is still under fire. Aaron Rodgers facing new criticism this morning. The Packers star missed his team's game against the Chiefs Sunday after testing positive for COVID. Aaron Rodgers has every right not to be vaccinated, but if you do, as the leader, you have to make every precaution. Make sure you don't hit that COVID list. It would have been nice if he had just come to the Naval Academy and learned how to be honest. Yeah. Learned, learned not to lie. And unfortunately, we've got players that pretty much think only about themselves. And I'm extremely disappointed in the actions of Aaron Rodgers. While Rodgers remains under a league-mandated 10-day quarantine, the NFL is still investigating whether the Packers and their QB broke the league's COVID rules. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture. Rogers acknowledged craze, Friday you know, for the first time on the Pat McAfee show that he never took one of the three authorized COVID vaccines, saying he's allergic to an ingredient in the Pfizer and Moderna shots and was concerned about side effects from J&J. &J. He also opened up about this exchange at an August press conference. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. The 37-year-old maintains he was telling the truth. My plan was to say that I've been immunized. Um, it wasn't uh, some sort of ruse or lie, it was the truth. Rogers admits he took monoclonal antibodies and ivermectin, a drug used to deworm livestock and sometimes prescribed to people with parasites. The FDA has repeatedly warned against taking the drug for COVID because of the risk of serious illness. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. Rogers revealed he consulted with podcaster Joe Rogan, who also admitted to taking ivermectin. One day after the interview, Rogers and Previa Health ended their relationship. In a statement, Previa writing that the organization is committed to encouraging and helping all eligible populations to become vaccinated against COVID-19. Hours after the announcement, Rogers received the SNL treatment. Uh, I never lied. I took all my teammates into a huddle, got all their faces three inches away from my wet mouth, and told them, trust me, I'm more or less immunized. Go team. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but in all seriousness here, Steph, back to the NFL's investigation over whether he and the Packers may have broken COVID rules, what kind of punishment could they face? 
Uh, could he miss even more games? Well, first with the team, money, and yeah. a fair amount of money, hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars, potentially, on how many infractions there were for the team. Also, possibly draft picks are on the table for the team. When you look at Aaron Rodgers, it's penalties and suspension possible. I mean, they, they have the ability to suspend him, although at this point, that looks unlikely. We reached out to both Aaron Rodgers and uh, and the NFL for yeah. comment. We didn't get any. Well, also, a big credibility mm -hmm. issue now mm -hmm. with Aaron Rodgers and the, that response. Yeah, well, well you have to w worry, too, about his team and how they feel about what he has done as well mm -hmm. and potentially jeopardizing their season. Mm -hmm. to yes. Time. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the Packers, before the loss yesterday, even with the loss, I mean, this is like a, a legit playoff yeah. contending team. You have a mm -hmm. bye on the table. You have, you know, mm -hmm. home, home field, field advantage in the playoffs, yeah. which is really a big deal at Lambeau. Yeah. Thank yep. you, Steph. Thanks, Steph. Thank Keep you, us posted. Just ahead in the wake of the pandemic, is quality customer service becoming a thing of the past? A lot of companies are cutting costs, and some say they're cutting corners, too. And there's a term for it. They're calling it skimplation. <laughs> Carrie Sanders has a first-hand look at the impact coming up right after this. Back now, 740 with In-Depth today and this morning. Something that you have probably noticed, but... Didn't know what to call it. Oh, but, you, but you will now, okay? <laughs> if you've been waiting a little longer for your pizza to be delivered or wondered why hotel service isn't quite what it used to be, here's the word for it. Skimflation. <gasps> yes, NBC's Carrie Sanders has more on why some services still have not returned to their pre-pandemic quality. Hey, Carrie, good morning. Well, good morning, guys. We've all heard the term inflation. If you took maybe an advanced economic course along the way, you learned the term stagflation. But even my cousin, who's a Ph.D. economics professor at an Ivy League college, tells me he's never used the term skimpflation in his class, but it is very much real. It's where we pay what we've always paid, but now we get less for our money. Skimpflation. You know it when the business you're dealing with seems like they're skimping on quality customer service. Book a flight online and then make a call to change your ticket. It can feel like the airline is skimping out because you're on hold for hours. Did the airline skimp by not hiring enough humans to answer phones? Want to order a pizza? Expect to wait and wait and wait. At Domino's, driver shortages are reportedly leading to longer delivery time. Even at the so-called most magical place on earth, the rides are back in action, the monorail humming. But a key convenience for parkgoers, the parking lot tram still has not resumed since pandemic cutbacks and closures. Some park visitors must now walk nearly a mile in each direction from the parking lot to the Magic Kingdom. That walk can be brutal. If you have been in the theme parks all day, walking all day long, you don't have any more energy left. So those trams are missed. As businesses adapt to a post-pandemic marketplace, consumers report finding services they remember now gone. If an organization is not expending the effort to really listen in and then deliver personalized experiences, they're just going to miss expectations and satisfaction is going to be very low. Three years ago, ACSI reported overall customer satisfactions in the U.S. 
began falling. The pandemic only accelerated that decline. Satisfaction levels now at their lowest in 15 years. In the hospitality industry, hotel rooms may go uncleaned during multi-day stays. That personally made omelet at the hotel breakfast bar now in many cases no longer exists. At restaurants where wait staffs are thin, surveys find customers less satisfied with the service and in turn diners say they're less likely to return. I'm short 25 servers right now. The stress kicks in when at the peak hours when you want to make sure you can take care of the customers that you have. What's to blame? What I hear from business leaders every day is they're all struggling with the competition for talent. They just can't find the people that they need. New research finds annual losses of $1.9 trillion driven by frustrated customers who say they won't come back. All right, Carrie, you've identified the problem, so that's good. So how are we going to fix it? Mm -hmm. Well, experts say businesses might want to raise wages because that might draw more employees back. And then again, us consumers, we might need to adjust our expectations, at least for the short term. For instance, reportedly, Disney is going to return those trams at the beginning of next year. Guys? Oh, all right. Carrie Sanders. Carrie, thank you. We're, we're kind of impatient. We want things now. Yes. Inflation. Yeah. Yes. It rolls off right. the tongue. Been good for <laughs> our patients. Does it really? Does it? <laughs> Carrie's economics professor brother has never used it because yeah. it's not until now. Yeah. It, it's not a term. That's why it doesn't really roll off the tongue. But let's see. Anyway, we are looking at still that storm system that was off the coast. 15 million people are under coastal flood advisories, coastal flood warnings from Florida all the way to the mid-Atlantic states. We'll be watching that. And out west, big storm coming in. Snow alerts. Uh, we've got uh, through Tuesday, a nice little 4 to 12 inches of snow. We've got windy conditions, Pacific Northwest, all the way down into coastal California, uh, that could lead to some power outages, tree down, trees down. Today, a windy day, gusts of up to 75 miles per hour. Heavy rain and snow moves on shore tonight in Northern California, Pacific Northwest tomorrow. That wet weather moves east into the Rockies with heavy rain and snow, leading to some difficult travel. Rainfall amounts from Seattle all the way to San Francisco, one to two inches or more. And as far as snow is concerned, some places picking up a foot of snow from Yellowstone, Boise, all the way in into the Cascades, but that's good news because that's water that's being banked for the West, and we always need that. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Uh, still ahead on Pop Start, Sarah Jessica Parker, her new message to anybody who questions the decision to return to her iconic role as Carrie Bradshaw in her 50s. But first, these messages. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. 
Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Oh, yeah, we're back. We've got some amazing visitors on the plaza. Look at those folks. Those are people who completed 26.2 miles yesterday in New York City's marathon. And let me tell you something. That made you realize New York is it's back. back. It's I mean, back yeah. And they're up early yes. and standing. How yes. do they do Incredible. that? After a year off because of the pandemic, it was back in a big way, in fact, more than 30,000 runners strong. Mm -hmm. Among those who finished the grueling 26.2 miles, Willie Geist, our guy. It was his very first uh. marathon. Willie completed the course, get this, in less than four hours. That's he, crazy. He blazed that trail. Woo. It was really special and personal for him. He was running in honor of his mm. father. And he, by the way, raised nearly $300,000 for Parkinson's research, something his dad was diagnosed <laughs> with decades ago. Willie said if one nickel had been raised by mm. running, then every grueling mile mm. would have been worth it. Well, guess what? You raised more than a nickel. I mean, yeah. more than his goal. Yeah, three times his goal. Yeah. That's that amazing. amazing. And, and it led to a memorable <laughs> moment among many. Check this out. Stephanie Rule, our pal, jumping the sidelines, <laughs> hopping a barricade oh, to hug Willie. Oh, my gosh. Can't show her support. She's lucky he didn't fall over. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well... In New York, you see somebody in a cape coming at you. <laughs> you tend to run in the opposite direction. He ran fast, too, right? He had like a nine-minute mile. He was well, he's a nine-minute mile. His first ever marathon. That's crazy. That's next level. I'm that, telling that's you. That's amazing. Didn't just run it. Please. Congrats to Willie. Mm. Well, just ahead, guys, we have another new marathoner who started from scratch. Yeah. And yesterday, she crossed yes! the finish line. Yes, Erin! You know Erin Azar. She's a motivational mom, <laughs> TikTok star. What did we call it? The struggle is real marathon. Struggle running. I love her. Struggle running. Well, guess what? She did it. Coming up, your 8 o'clock hour.